April 24th, 2023. We're in Masechet Betza and at the very beginning of the Gemara. That's two lines before the lines get wide. Says Gemara From where are these words? The Mishnah, if you recall, had detailed for us the laws with regards to this mitzvah we know Midrabbanan called Eruv Tavshilin. Briefly stated, without all the details that we discussed in the Mishnah. If a person is interested in cooking from Yom Tov to Shabbat, for example, in Chutzlaret, Yom Tov falls out on a Thursday, as a result it's Thursday and Friday, and you're interested in cooking on Friday for Shabbat, in such a circumstance you need to, before Yom Tov, set aside through cooking, through preparing food, what's called Eruv Tavshilin, effectively. That food which is cooked is the beginning of your meal for Shabbat, and by so doing, says the Mishnah for us, rabbinically speaking, it's permitted to cook from before Shabbat on Yom Tov for Shabbat. Now, from the Torah, there was no such issue. Min HaTorah, the Gemara and Masech Pesachim, which we cited on Daf Memvav, provided one of two explanations with regards to the permissibility. There would be no issue, biblically speaking, cooking from Yom Tov to Shabbat, this is all rabbinically a problem, and this is the solution in place for it. So, Eruv Tavshilin, we don't know yet. That's what the Gemara is going to do for us. That's what the Chachamim do all the time. The first Mishnah in Perkei Avot says that Anjeknes and Tagidola purposed the future generations asusiyag la Torah. That's the purpose of the Chachamim. One of the main purposes of the Chachamim is to safeguard the mitzvot of the Torah to make certain that were holech b'darkeh Torah, and by so seeing themselves in such a position, they make takanot, they make gezerot. The question is, what would be bothering them, and in turn us over here? Why should it be that you need a eruv tafshilin? If the Torah does permit it, what was their fear? What was their issue? So minah the Gemara starts with these words. Where did these words come from? Now those words, when the Gemara asks those three words, minah generally speaking, that's searching for a source. Searching for a source runs counter to everything I just said to you. I just said to you that from the Torah, this is permitted. So what sort of source are you going to bring? It's for that reason, three lines from the top, the first Rashi for the Gemara, at the end of the line, Minah says Rashi, Lav davka mikra'e yalif. Lav davka means not really, not particularly, not specifically, mikra'e, from pesukim, yalif, are we learning. After all, this whole entity is what we call an enactment. It's a takanad rabbanan. This is really what the Gemara is questioning. The Gemara is questioning what's the asmachta. Asmachta, lismoch in Hebrew means to lean on something. We see this word from time to time in the Gemara in the context of rabbinic enactments, the hachamim, Although they had the authority to set forth specific enactments, uh, particular gates that they may have built for the Torah, they oftentimes would want as well an asmachta. Asmachta means a pasuk they could point to and say, this is what we're basing ourselves on. Is it, so to speak, the will of the Torah? Well, the will of the Torah is that we follow the, the leadership that's provided for us. There is a dispute, we've mentioned on more than one occasion, with regards to the nature of what's called an asmachta. Harambam writes in one or two places that asmachta means nothing more than, so to speak, a mnemonic device. The rabbis wanted you and me to remember this law, so they threw us a pasuk in order for us to say, 
Oh, now I remember that law. I'll remember it based on that pasuk. It was a device for memory. That's how Harambam understands it. Ritva in Masechet Rosh Hashanah and Af Tetzayin. Ritva suggests otherwise. Ritva says, and Kuzari's opinion as well, says Asmachta is a pasuk which the Torah left somewhat ambiguous. With the purpose, the express purpose, says God, I want you to interpret it. So I'm allowing for you more than just leaning on this so that the people will remember it. It's, so to speak, a stamp of approval from God. It's I give you the raw material and I say create something because I'm a part of this. Either way, you slice it. That's what the Gemara then is searching for, an asmachta. It's searching for a source, which is not the source, so to speak, from the Torah. It's rabbinically speaking, midrabanan, ukra, and the pasuk that we're going to provide is an asmachta be'alma. It's well said. That's according to Harambam, certainly, a memory device. Ritva, a little bit more. It's that the concept is embedded in that pasuk, so it's, so to speak, a quasi-Torah halacha. Regardless, says the Gemara, Amar Shemuel, Shemuel brings this source for us. De Amar Kera, Zachoret Yom HaShabbat Lekadesho. Zochrehu me'ahar sheba lehashkiho. He points to the Pasuk in Parashat Yitro from the Aseret HaDeberot, the Ten Commandments. The Torah says, Zachor et Yom HaShabbat Lekadesho. Zachor, he's translated in the simple sense. You should remember. Remember Shabbat so that you sanctify it. Says Shemuel, here's how I understand this Pasuk. Remember it in circumstances where you maybe would forget it. Zochrehu, remember it, me'ahar, in a circumstance where shebal that you might be prone to forgetting it. What would that be referring to? Oh, says Shemuel, it's referring to our circumstance, our situation. Here it is, it's Yom Tov. You, your wife, your family are all overburdened, all on mindset of who's eating this meal where, what are we serving at that meal, we have menus and so on and so forth. In Chutzaretz we have two days of Yom Tov, the focus, the energy is all exerted for the days of Yom Tov. People might be prone to forgetting, not paying attention to Shabbat. It's for that reason that the Hachamim say, make before Yom Tov what's called an Eruv Tavshilin, you're designating, you're making clear for yourself, for your household, we're not only focused on the Yom Tov meals, we're furthermore going to be focused on the Shabbat meal. Eruv Tavshilin then is a mechanism which gives us uh, mindfulness, which gives us the memory and circumstances where, or a situation where, we would not be paying attention to the Shabbat meal. Begin the Shabbat meal, so to speak, before Yom Tov, so that on Yom Tov you're not forgetful, you're not neglectful of the meal that's coming afterwards on Shabbat. Now is that, uh, per se, the Pasuk's meaning? Rashi already, in the next few lines of the Gemara, points to the Gemara, Masech Pesachim and Davkovav. The Gemara over there is Doresh with regards to this Pasuk. Zachor et Yom HaShabbat Lekadesho. Zuchreu al Hayayim. You should remember it with wine. Clearly the Gemara understands Zachor et Yom HaShabbat Lekadesho as a reference to Kiddush. Uh, that being the case, we're not really being Doresh, this Pasuk, with regards to that's what it meant in the Torah. We're rather an Asmachta. The Gemara Masechet Berachot and Davkaf has Zachor and Shamor were dibure hadne emru. They were said at once, and as a result, women who are obligated in the mitzvot lo ta'aseh Shabbat 
are Hayavot as well in the Mitzvah of Kiddush. Zachor, in our national interpretation of it, is a reference to Kiddush, to the Mitzvot Aser, the positive commandments of Shabbat. But over here, the Gemara says, I can expand it, I can understand something that's implicitly stated, make certain that at all times you have on your mind, appropriately, preparation of the Shabbat meal. It's a nice interpretation. It's not Shemuel. Shemuel is telling us it's all about Shabbat. Listen to the next statement. The next statement might, might implicitly include you, Morris, and I'll, I'll make that clear in a moment. So what's the reasoning over here? I just told you the reasoning. I just uh, gave you the pasuk. But he didn't fully spell it out, Shemuel. Shemuel just said, as Morris might tell us, he just said, listen, you have to make certain that you're remembering Shabbat. Is that a full force and focus only on Shabbat? Mars suggests it a bit differently, and Rava, in fine-tuning this, might imply as well, You heard the words, Mars? In other words, the words, uh, Rava, in my opinion, fine-tunes Shemuel. <coughs> Instead of stating, as Shemuel did, that the whole purpose of Eruv Tavshilim is so that you're not neglectful of your Shabbat meal, he adds, he says, listen, it's so that you have a manayafa, good food, good meal for Yom Shabbat, and good food and a proper meal for Yom Tov. Now you understand what he did. He said that by beginning before Yom Tov, my Shabbat meal, to a certain extent, that's not on my mind on Yom Tov. But at the same time, Shabbat is not out of my mind going into Yom Tov. What's that? So you found a way of doing both Kavod Shabbat and as Morris suggests, Kavod Yom Tov. You're not disturbed and distracted by the meal of Shabbat, nor are you neglectful entirely of it on Yom Tov. All right, so that means that according to these two opinions, which are really one, they to a certain extent merge and explain it to us, Eruv Tavshilin is so that we're mindful, so that we're not neglectful of that meal for Shabbat, so that we appropriately prepare our meals. Rav Amar, Rav Asher suggests otherwise, Kedesh Yomeru, En Ofim Yom Tob LeShabbat, Kal Vahomer Yom Tob LeHol. Rav Asher's interpretation, understanding of this law is altogether different. It has nothing to do per se with the wrongful way of approaching the meal on Shabbat or on Yom Tob. It rather has to do with the fear of the rabbis, specifically, that a person might cook on Yom Tob for Hol. Now that's a part. That's a specific problem. Whereas, as I said, the Gemaran Pesachim and Daf Memvav makes clear to prepare a meal for Shabbat from Yom Tov is permitted from the Torah. To prepare a meal for Hol for weekdays from Yom Tov or from Shabbat might even, according to many, be biblically prohibited. Which means to say you cannot, under any circumstance, begin a meal or prepare a meal or do something for Hol for weekday on Shabbat or Yom Tov. What's that? That is obvious. Well, what about if I'm not doing it for a weekday? 
I'm doing it from Yom Tov for Shabbat. In such a circumstance, that could be a little conf- less obvious, a little confusing for me and you. In other words, once I say, you come and you say, what are you doing? I say, I'm preparing a meal for, uh, for Sunday. You say, why are you preparing for Sunday? After all, I'm allowed to prepare for Shabbat, not so far. Sunday. I figure out, or, or, or more simply, once I have an expansive vision of on Yom Tov, the Torah says I'm allowed to cook. I don't need to cook the meals on Shabbat. You want the proof? I could cook the meal for... Uh, no, I don't need to cook only meals of Yom Tov. I could cook the meals for Shabbat. By extension, if you remember our Mishnah and Gemara earlier, I could carry on Yom Tov because it's quote-unquote I could do all sorts of things. I can even prepare a meal. Why not for Sunday? While I'm at it, I have some extra time. The guests aren't over. We're not eating out this meal. So let's, let's prepare our Sunday meal. In that circumstance, for that situation, says Rav Asher, the Hachamim had us prepare Eruv Tavshilim beforehand to make clear the only meal that you're preparing on Yom Tov is either for Yom Tov or Shabbat. You began your Shabbat meal beforehand, your Yom Tov meal is being eaten and done on Yom Tov, nothing more, nothing less. So again, Amar Ravashe Amar, two lines in here on the wide lines, Kedeshi Yom so that people understand and state, Enofin mi Yom Tov le Shabbat, uh, first and foremost, you shouldn't even, quote unquote, be cooking from Yom Tov to Shabbat. Of course, we're going to allow it, but begin base level. Begin that the conversation is, I can't, Kalvahomer, I'll in turn derive that I can't, where I really can't, Mi Yom Tov Lechol, from Yom Tov to a week, they ask Charles. It's a great question. Give it a little bit of time. At this point, we're not we're not so far yet. Well, we'll have to we'll have to arrive there and and, and deal with it. They want to know from one Yom Tov to the other Yom Tov. We're right now only focused on Yom Tov to Shabbat. They're asking about Yom Tov to Yom Tov. We'll we'll deal we'll deal with it as it as it arises when it will. Uh, so that being the case, we have two reasons the Gemara provided for us for Eruv Tafshilin. Either it's for the meal of Shabbat slash the meal of Yom Tov, that they're appropriately prepared, or alternatively, it's the Rabbi's sphere that will be preparing from Yom Tov to Hold. So as the Gemara, I have a question on one of these two opinions. Tenan, back to our Mishnah. The Gemara cites our Mishnah. Tafshil Yom Tov Alav Shabbat. That's all a quote from our Mishnah. The Mishnah makes clear the way Eruv Tafshilin is prepared and done is before Yom Tov. And those, that's something we're all familiar with, and the Mishnah was explicit about this. Eruv Tafshilin is to be prepared before Yom Tov. Clearly, the Mishnah is telling us before Yom Tov and not on Yom Tov. You cannot and may not prepare your Eruv Tafshilin on Yom Tov. Let's try to break that down. Bishlama le Rav the second interpretation, that of Rav Asher, that the objective is with regards to Eruv Tafshilin, that I don't mistakenly prepare from Yom Tov to Hol Bishlama, I understand. It's understood according to Rav Asher why the Eruv Tafshilin cannot be prepared on Yom Tov, but needs to be prepared beforehand. If the purpose of the Eruv Tafshilin is so that we understand, say to ourselves, technically speaking, we shouldn't even be cooking from Yom Tov to Shabbat. Hainu de Yom Tov in, in means yes, Yom Tov lo. 
And that's why when it comes to Eruv Tavshilin, it needs to be prepared before Yom Tov and not on Yom Tov. Again, if the whole purpose of Eruv Tavshilin is so that we take a step back and say, listen, we're really not supposed to be cooking on Yom Tov for Shabbat at all. But because I had the Eruv Tavshilin, it's permitted. So then I said, oh, but I can't do it for a week. That I understand only if you prepared it before Yom Tov. If you're preparing that food on Yom Tov and you say, oh, this is my Eruv Tavshilin, you lost the whole point. The whole point was that you say to yourself and to your wife and to your household, we can't cook from Yom Tov to Hol. It's only because we had something before. You're doing it on Yom Tov, you lost the whole distinction. Ela says the Gemara, Lerava. According to Rava, we began our day with Rava, with Shimuel, with the opinions who maintain that the objective and the purpose is that I have meals for Yom Tov and meals for Shabbat. I wake up Yom Tov morning, Uli, we forgot to do your Eruv Tavshilin. Don't worry, honey. The whole purpose of Eruv Tavshilin, after all, is that we have good meals for Shabbat and good meals for Yom Tov. All right, so let, you have the menus? Oh, you have the menus all worked out. We have fantastic meals for Yom Tov. We have fantastic meals for Shabbat. Let's get going right now. You didn't lose the point. The whole point is there's a fear that I'll be neglectful in preparing for Shabbat. What am I doing after all? I'm sitting down and cooking food for Shabbat. So I forgot to do it before Yom Tov to prepare this Eruv Tavshilin. I don't want an egg and matzah anyway. I'm interested in having a real meal and we're sitting down and making a real meal. We have the menus all prepared. According to Rava, that the objective, the purpose of Eruv Tavshilin is so that I have food for Shabbat and Yom Tov in the appropriate way prepared. On Yom Tov as well, it should be permitted to prepare the Eruv Tavshilin. It is so, and it will end that way. Nathan, Nathan adds that you'll furthermore, once we uphold this Eruv Tavshilim, effectively you'll lose Onik Shabbat. I don't know about Minhat Torah, but you'll lose Onik Shabbat because effectively what we're going to say to you, if you didn't prepare it before Yom Tov, now there's not a good meal for Shabbat. What do you mean? Rabbinically speaking, I'm not allowed, but from the Torah, I'm allowed to. You're really going to uproot it? It's B'Sheval Ta'aseh, yeah, the Hachamim are going to tell you, but I'm telling you, it's not a real mitzvah min ha-Torah. Onik Shabbat, as wonderful, as important it is, it's a pasuk in Sefer Yeshaya, Harambam calls it a halacha midivre neviim. So it's easier, so to speak, within the mechanism of the Hachamim to, to uproot that B'Sheval Ta'aseh. It's Onik Shabbat, as Harambam calls it, Midivre Nevi'im. We learn it from the Karatala Shabbat Onik, Pasuk in Yeshaya. Says the Gemara, In Hache Name, indeed it's so. In means yes, Hache means like this, Name means as well. In Hache Name is an expression, it means indeed it's so, you're right. Oh, what do you mean I'm right? Rava, according to your logic, I had a claim. I don't understand the Mishnah. Why do I need to prepare the Eid of Tavshilim before Yom Tov? Why can't I even do it on Yom Tov? You told me it's, uh, I'm right? So then why don't I just do it on Yom Tov? Ela, rather, it's a gezerah sheme yifsha. Says the Gemara, the issue with regards to Rava's understanding of this is a gezerah sheme yifsha. Yifsha, pishia means negligence. In other words, yes, says Rava, technically speaking, according to my understanding of Eruv Tavshilin, you could and should be able to do it on Yom Tov. 
But we have a fear. Part of this gezera, part of this takana was that you're not going to do this right. So you wake up on Yom Tov morning and you're just going to be focused on your Yom Tov meals. It's true that technically speaking, were you to, without the takana and gezera of the hachamim, to make your meals on Yom Tov, you'd avoid any of our sort of issues. You wouldn't have, we wouldn't need an eruv tafshilin, so to speak. What's that? No, on the Yom Tov. That's what Rabbi fears. Shemei Yivsham means you will only be focused on Yom Tov and not prepare for Shabbat and neglect Shabbat. And as a result, we, we, we purposed it to be done before. And the interesting thing is that even if you forgot, though, you forgot to, yeah, okay, so this, in, in the ideal sense, you were supposed to do it before Yom Tov. You forgot to do it before Yom Tov. But effectively, I'm on Yom Tov, I'm saying I want my Yom Tov and my Shabbat meals. Can I now do it? I know it's not ideal, but it's Avad. The answer is you're not allowed to. Wow, Ritva, Rashbad, Hachme, Sefarad, grapple with them for one second. I know, ideally, Shemei Yivshah, I might forget, but I, I did forget. Now I want to prepare the meal for Shabbat. They said, but this is the way the Gezerah of the Hachamim, the Takanah of the Hachamim was set in place. If we change it to be as such, we lost all of the Eruv Tavshilim. They needed a certain strength to this, and as a result, you lost your opportunity. That's not to say that we won't find a loophole later in the Gemara or the Rabbi. That's right, that's right. It's not to say, as I just mentioned, that we won't find a loophole, but as it stands right now, there's no cooking if you didn't do so. All right, then uh, the Gemara then has, has brought us to the point that we have two opinions, the opinions of Rava slash Shemuel, and the opinion of Rav Asher with regards to Eruv Tafshilin. Shemuel cited a pasuk as an asmachtaz, as she helped us understand. That was the pasuk of Zachor et Yom HaShabbat LeKadesho. Zochrehu, you need to remember it specifically, Me'ahar Shebal Hashkiho in a circumstance where you might be forgetting it, where you might be prone to be neglectful of it. Says the Gemara, but there's yet another opinion with regards to this asmachta. You'll have to, at some point, just take a step back today or tomorrow and say, why did we need two asmachtas? Ultimately speaking, it's midrabaran. They must be teaching us something, but the Gemara says, v'tana mayete la mehacha. Tana mayete la mehacha. Those are words you don't find often in the Gemara, and Rashi helps us understand them. On the left-hand side, just a few lines down from where we are in the Gemara, Rashi writes, v'tana mayete la mehacha, basically in the middle of the page, Ken derech shitata Talmud keshematchilin ha'emorain lehositaam min hamikra. Says the Gemara will use these words when the emoraim, means the rabbis from the Gemara, begin to derive a law from the pasuk. And there's an author of a beraita that's from the time of the Mishnah who's deriving this same law or this same concept from elsewhere. What does Rashi mean? It means as follows. The Gemara started with the words, those three words. We're looking for an asmachta, a pasuk we can lean on for this tafshilin. We started the Gemara with the opinion of Shimuel. Shimuel is an opinion from the time of the Gemara. He's what we call an emorah. The Gemara now pauses and said, it's nice, our conversation until now. You know, several hundred years ago, someone had a different pasuk that they pointed to. So that's the Gemara. You won't find this often. From time to time, the Gemara will say, we're dealing with this in 21st century. We pause and we say, you know, 900 years ago, they dealt with this already with a different. That's vetana mayete. Mayete means he brought. 
he derives, la mehacha means from here, from the following pasuk. This pasuk that's cited is from Parashat Beshalach. It's a pasuk in the context of the man which was to fall. And uh, Moshe Rabbeinu warns the people that which is falling on Friday, make certain that you do your full preparation with the man before Shabbat. And by instructing the people as such, he says the following words to them, et asher tofu efu, ve'et asher tevashelu bashelu. That which you plan on baking, make certain that it's baked from now, with the man, of course. And that which you plan on being mevashel, use um, cooking, uh, make certain that it's cooked from now, meaning before Shabbat. I mean, it's a fascinating thing, just parenthetically, with regards to the man. The man is this situation where we imagine and realize there's bread from the heavens. The Midrash goes further, and it could taste like anything. And yet the Torah, more than one pasuk, reminds us, and the people could and would and should craft it and make it taste and, and, and be presented in the way that they wanted. They you couldn't, what's that? They got double portion before Shabbat, right? So, but that's the point. You got your double portion, now you're preparing your meals. I'm putting you in this situation, Eli. There's a delivery from God on Friday. Uh, what are you doing with it? I, I'd imagine you'd say, well, stick it straight in a, in a lockbox and leave it there and take it out on Shabbat. Instead, the statement is, cook it, prepare it, bake it from now. It describes, at least in my mind, a relationship as human beings vis-a-vis Akadosh Baruch Hu. Sure, I sustain you. Absolutely, I'm providing you and giving you. That's with regards to your parnasah, with regards to the food that you put on the table and so forth. But don't believe for a second that you just step back and just receive it. Even with the man, you couldn't find, at least in my mind, the greatest representation, it's Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's words, that lo Torah haman, so to speak, who receives the Torah, the people who are receiving food directly from the hand of God into their mouths. And nonetheless, says the Torah, but you need to cook it and you need to bake it which means say you're out there in this world. Of course you're going to pray every morning and your mindset will be that my parnasah is from, coming from Borei Olam, but don't believe as a result that my manipulation of it in the positive sense, that my effort, that my involvement, my engagement is to be curtailed. Quite, quite not so. Anyway, says the Gemara, that pasuk is a little bit elongated. There's a few extra words and instead of Moshe just turning to people and saying, Efu, and bashelu, uh, make certain that you cook and, and bake now from Friday. Et asher tofu efu. That which you'll cook, that which you'll bake, bake. That which you'll cook, cook. His words are a little bit verbose, a little bit longer than you'd expect them to be. And as a result, this beraita derives from this mikan. Hamar bil azar bil azar derived from this. Enofin al ha'ila al ha'afui. Ven mevashelin ela al hamevushal. He understands it, Rabbi Lazar, like this. That which you will sometimes bake, meaning for Shabbat, should be baked from something that was already begun baking. And that which you will cook for Shabbat at times should come from something that was already cooked. What could that be referring to? That's a Hiruf Tafshilin. On Shabbat, you're not allowed to do any afiyah and any bishu. There's no question. You could take something and you could reheat it. You're not cooking and baking it. Over here, we're talking about cooking and baking. The only way you can cook and bake for Shabbat 
is if you already began, you're, you're definitely continuing cooking and baking, which you can't do on Shabbat, but you're doing it before Shabbat, but you already began it already. What type of situation do you come up with for this? Yeah, you can. The Eruv Tavshilin? That's right. No, no, no. He wants to know. Eruv Tavshilin can be done three days before Yom Tov. We do it on Erev Yom Tov. Yes. Yes. But it's not enough. It's not enough. Over here, the concept is Eruv Tavshilin. You're on a Shabbat for Yom Tov, for Yom Tov for Shabbat, which we talked about in our Mishnah. Over here, this is Asmachta for Eruv Tavshilin. It's that I already began, and I'm standing before Shabbat, and I'm cooking for Shabbat, but it had to be already prepared beforehand. And as a result, the Derashah of Rabbi Lazar, again, it's not a halacha, mikan samchu. We will need to, and uh, in Mirzei Hashem tomorrow then, we'll do it already from now, talk about this. When can Eruv Tavshilin be prepared? Jared's counter, counter uh, statement to you, Morris, is that as much as you might be right that we're just continuing a meal which began beforehand, says Jared, but the mindset, as the Gemara tells me, is that entering into Yom Tov, my mind is on the Shabbat meal. You're telling me because you did it three days ago, my mindset on Yom Tov is for the Shabbat meal? Says it needs... I understand. Jared's saying, Asmachta, what's the reason? What's the rationale? We saw that in the Gemara. Beror Manayafa. Yes, when, when Moshe speaks to them, he is not speaking to them on Erev Yom Tov. But we are deriving from this in what's called Asmachta to the laws of Yom Tov. So don't go too far in terms of the man and the circumstance and situation. He wasn't speaking to them on the of Yom Tov. He was speaking to them on a regular Friday. We're deriving from that, from his extra words. And asmachta, you look at those words and you say, you see what we can see in here? That in a circumstance where you're on Yom Tov and you're preparing for Shabbat, it should already be prepared before you. And this is why we do bread and eggs. Give it a few minutes. You're, you're already feeling it and seeing it, the Gemara will explicitly talk about this in due time. No. Yeah, we have a Beraita and we have the and we have the sourcing of Shemuel. Of course, what's the question? What, what's the reason for Shemuel? If you had a Beraita already, an important question, important question we'll have to address. You could. Simple interpretation. Peshat. The asmachta, again, I want you to remember this. I want you to go home and repeat it every time. 100% before Shabbat. Prepare. No, 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 you speak. Oh, I didn't understand you. Okay. Peshat is, he's speaking to them on Friday. It's something you're going to have double portion. Make so, what, what's he telling them? He's telling them that which is falling right now, prepare for Shabbat. That's the context. That's what Moshe is saying to the people. What's that? Yeah. But not, not our issue. Our issue is when it's coming 
before when it's coming yeah when it's coming before Shabbat there are times that you'll need to only be mevashel and be ofeh on something which was already with you. All right, the Gemara brings us uh, along the lines of Eruv Tafshilin, and it'll bring us back to Eruv Tafshilin, but it seems to be turning to the side for a moment and digressing. It seems to be digressing and talking about the general mitzvah of Simhat Yom Tov, of rejoicing on Yom Tov. And we'll see in this Gemara what is a, a well-known Gemara, the opinion, the famous opinion of Bili Ezer, and the counter-opinion of Rabbi Hoshua. Says the Let's begin this story. I don't know that we'll finish it now. But again, I want everyone to keep in mind the reasons for Eruv Tafshilin, and I want everyone to keep in mind the Asmachtas for Eruv Tafshilin, and just have Eruv Tafshilin on mind as we digress for a bit, a little bit, and then circle back. It was a, a, a Yom Tov, and Bili Ezer sitting in the Midrash. Is Yoshev Doresh Kol Hayom? He's spending the entire day interpreting, extrapolating laws with regards to Yom Tov. And you have to imagine he has a good crowd in front of him, people listening, students diligently hearing every word that comes out of his mind. Yaseta Katri Shona, as the first group of students walks out on their way home uh, to, eat me- to eat the meal together with their family, their wives, Amar, he exclaims publicly about the first group who are exiting, Halalu Ba'ale Pitasin. That group of people who are exiting, they're Ba'ale Pitasin. What are Ba'ale Pitasin? Rashi explains that Pitasin, Haviot Gedolot Hechinu Lahem. Be'anomalin, Umesech, Umesech Mishtaot. It says that they have large barrels of very fine beverages prepared for them at home. You want to know why they're leaving the class so early? Because they need to get home to be involved with that elaborate meal that they have prepared for them. Okay, we'll continue with, it's a knock on them. It's a knock on them. He's, he's got, now keep in mind, they're the first group who have exited. We have five more groups to go, and each one of them, the Bili'ezer has very choice words to describe who they are. We'll return to the Amen, amen.